0: From the Mid-South Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane.
1: Morning Matt. Morning Derek. Or should I say happy birthday Matt. Thanks man I appreciate it. 42 years old today.
2: 42 years old. we past 40 and you're just gonna keep it going. Oh running no no, running. no, no, no. yeah
1: the, my 40s have been uh yeah nothing to write home about but I appreciate though I mean certainly glad to uh make another year
2: Derek. Once you hit 40 it all falls downhill and unfortunately <laughs> for this year it's fallen down we've all aged about 40 years. Exactly. Uh so uh but uh, just have a great birthday I know you'll have a, a good day and and uh it's on a Friday, which is nice. It's sure. The weekend yeah. to celebrate it. So want to say that, and and uh, everybody else is having a, a birthday today. Happy birthday to you too, but especially my partner here, Matt. Thanks, man.
1: I appreciate it. I know uh, we've got several friends that have December birthdays, so you've got one coming up that we'll we'll wish you happy birthday whenever that time comes. Uh, forty. Well, I'll, I'll let you tell us on that that, that particular day. So it, it's old. Let's just say you're on the backside of forty. I'm. On, I'm isn't that a song? I'm that's a country. To 50. That's a country song, isn't it? That is not it its a backside. I'm, I'm closer I'm to I'm fifty on the than back I am forty. It. It. That's it. That's. <laughs> That's it. That's a great song. That's a great song. But uh appreciate it, Derek. I had a lot going on uh, last night. Had uh, two games last night, Derek, to uh, pay attention to. Four-to-one victory over the charge South Haven Chargers in soccer. And awesome. then we went to the um, play the South Haven Chargers in, in basketball. Uh, later on. Wilson did not get in the game, but uh, you and I have talked a little bit about basketball, how they don't have a shot clock, but play like they, uh, I don't know, like the floor may drop out from under them if they don't shoot the ball uh, and so forth. Went into the fourth quarter uh, up by 16. You're up by 16 with the ball. Slow the game down. You Uh, don't have to shoot. Man, there's no shot clock. Yeah, you don't have to shoot. And we proceeded to, to play arguably the longest quarter we've played all season long because we just feel the need to shoot. So, I don't know it, it's it's very interesting uh,
2: yeah opposite uh Allie's first game was oh yeah that uh, excuse me last night last night yeah last night lost uh not not like the boys I'm, I'm gonna guess let me guess the score 13 eight not that bad not that that was that was the <laughs> halftime score oh wow. literally okay. the halftime okay. score was 13-8. final 25 18 okay so they play do, who? But who they play ecs okay at ecs not the uh, best game not the best start uh Allie was pretty upset about it when she got home but we luckily play again they play again tonight and so that will uh, have a big chance to turn around playing st agnes uh, at north point and of course with some other uh, actually north point has a bunch of games tonight we'll talk about that in the sports section so back-to-back
1: nights of basketball for eighth grade basketball it's pretty rare yeah and they have,
2: well they have it monday tuesday next week too
1: under the water tower podcast has been brought to you for the last two months now starting our third month being sponsored the presenting sponsor has been team couch of birch realty group uh so we'll tell you a little bit more about that here in just one second but uh we just kind of figured out Derek. Uh, you know instead of continuing to thank the sponsor and talk about team couch of birch realty group uh we just figured we'd bring brian on and uh, that's what we're going to do next Tuesday. So we're going to sit down with Brian over the weekend, uh, visit with him, talk about real estate, talk about uh, his time in Hernando, talk about different things going on uh, in today's world, but born and raised in Hernando, I believe, and uh, you know has a lot of experience with some of the different things we've talked about here recently. Brian and Terry, we certainly appreciate you guys uh, sponsoring and being our presenting sponsor. And look, if you're looking for any type of residential real estate when it comes to DeSoto County, you will not find a team better than Team Couch. Team Couch possesses Over 55 years of combined experience uh, when it comes to the buying and selling of residential real estate uh, in the Mid-South. So if you're looking for a team, looking for someone to help you buy or sell a home in DeSoto County, look no further than Team Couch. Certainly listen to the interview next Tuesday. Like I said, we're going to sit down over the weekend, visit with Brian. And and Brian, there's no person more up to speed on residential real estate in DeSoto County uh, than Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty. Reach out to him at 662-449 one seven zero zero that's six six two four four nine one seven zero zero or look him up at TeamCouch.com. that's www.teamcouch.com podcast recorded each and every tuesday and friday morning at the mobile car and van rental studio mobile car and van rental formerly Mid-South Vans, located at McCracken and Commerce in Hernando. Please reach out to them for any body shop needs or car broken down needs or family trip plans. We've had several people, Derek, reach out in the last couple of days about looking at Christmas lights. Certainly can set you up with a nightly rental for that. If you're interested in something like that, please give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Hey, Derek, before we get started and move into our Alderman talk, which is something that's going to be important to us. I had an absolute honor to sit down yesterday with Reed Flanagan. Uh, Reed Flanagan, most uh, of the listeners know exactly who I'm speaking of. Reed was a very uh, large part of the success of the Hernando Tigers this football season that just wrapped up in the last two weeks. And so we sat down visited him about a number of different things. I think you'll you'll really enjoy the interview. That'll be coming up on the podcast. That's going to be coming up towards the end of the show during our sports section. We do sports each and every uh, Tuesday and Friday. Towards the so that's when our uh, interview with Reed is going to come up in the sports section.
2: Get ready to turn our attention to the uh, Auburn meetings that were held in Hernando and South Haven. But again, the interview is at the end of the show. Please check the show notes uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. Whether it be Apple, uh, iTunes, or uh, on Spotify, check the show notes. It'll tell you. Uh, we'll have the uh, time where you can go and turn right to the uh, read finding an interview uh, if that's what you're looking to do. So we do hope that you uh, listen to the rest of the show. But if you do want to hear read, uh, have a short amount of time, please check the show notes for the uh, the minute to start his interview. Turning to the Hernando uh, Alderman meeting, Alderman meeting this week. Actually, they had two. Uh, the first one, of course, with the regular one, was scheduled for Tuesday, which was December first. Uh, there were uh, several uh, smaller things that were discussed. Uh, one of the ones I think that was uh, most poignant was the the first one uh, on December first, two thousand twenty. Uh, the mayor declared it Sunny Bryant Day. Of course, this was to honor the uh, passing of the late Ward One Alderman, and so uh, it was a de- declaration was made that December first of twenty twenty uh, would be known as Sunny Bryant Day, and there was a moment of silence held. It was very nice. Uh, so that was done. The main uh, there was a couple of of really two main things that were discussed at the meeting that took up most of the time. The first one was the reverse Christmas parade. Uh, This was, we discussed this on the podcast last week about, you know, a lot of cities now are trying to turn to this because they're not able to, they don't want to have the parades during the COVID where you have many spectators lined up four and five deep trying to catch candy or just waving at the floats as they go by. But to reverse that process and actually have the, the float standing still, and then the you stay in your car and you drive by very similar to starry nights uh, up in South Haven to where and, and, but instead of having of course just you know lit inanimate objects you would actually have uh, people on floats waving and, and as you pass by and so some cities have done this we'll talk about South Haven doing this in just a moment but Hernando a, a woman uh, and Julie Hopkins has really taken the the ball with and and, and run with it on this project and she's done a lot of legwork, uh, reached out to a lot of people she said uh, during the meeting that she already has about 30 people that want to put floats up but she was trying to have the conversation about how to have this in Hernando maybe blocking off Commerce Street, maybe putting the floats on one side of the road and then having one way traffic to go down uh, there was a lot of discussion about how that would be done there was a lot of discussion about it was Commerce Street the best place for it and so they kind of went back and forth, they talked about maybe on Parkway, they talked about maybe on the new Mac and Bell Extended and what They kind of came down to where two sticking points, whether or not having it on commerce was the best thing because you could still have people walk out from their houses, maybe still gathering places, maybe people leaving their shops uh, to come out, you know, physically be in person around other people. Uh, You had an issue with maybe the store owners who are still open at the 630 time frame. Maybe not signing off on having it blocked up and only having one-way traffic for about an hour and a half. There, she was looking for about six thirty to eight o'clock at night time frame. And so there was, uh, and then the last one was, did she have insurance for the event? So there was again a lot of discussion it went on for about thirty minutes during the uh, the meeting. It came down to they did not tell her no or yes. Um, they actually asked her to try to find a insurance for the event if she could get it bonded. Uh, for the event and then also to consider having it at the ball fields the baseball fields uh just south of town you know obviously it w- you wouldn't have people walking and, and gathering out from other parts of the city that's kind of where they left it so she's going to do a little more leg work i know she's reached out to the crew of fernando either entering a float and or trying to help with maybe the cost of that insurance so we'll see what happens uh, but that's currently where they are on that so it, it was a, a very interesting thing a lot of good questions just not re- no I guess re- no no answers right now now at this
1: time right i mean it sounds like it i, I didn't get a chance to, to watch the video but from what you said about an hour and a half long meeting and what would you say 40 minutes or so was yeah, about it was, the,
2: it was been 35 40 minutes of that that's
1: a long time to talk about a reverse christmas parade
2: <laughs> well i mean I, I, you know, she's trying to do a good thing and, oh i and, know she is absolutely and it's a a lot of it by herself and you know i we're all missing christmas and we're all missing what a normal christmas is going to feel like the parade um was supposed to be this coming up monday night sure uh she's looking shooting for the 14th so a week later i'm all for her doing it. Um, you know, if, if I wasn't helping with a parade of our own that we do through the crew Fernando, uh, I think that the that s- some guys probably could do a little more in helping with that. But um, we still plan on having ours, which we'll uh, preview here in a little while. You know, again, I think that uh, she's trying and she's got a lot of help. She's got thirty floats, so we'll see what happens. But please, if you hear anything about that, if you hear people talking about it, you know, don't poo-poo the idea. Listen to it. I think it's a great idea. The ball fields, whether they're the best solution or the best area. Or not. I mean, at least it's an option. Sure. And so if your kids want to see it and she's able to put it on, please support it. Please don't try to, you know, poke holes in everything and let's just see how it goes. Yeah, I
1: think, Derek, what you're kind of referencing to you and I, I talked to you uh, off air, I guess yesterday I visited a little bit about, um, you know, and hats off to Miss Hopkins for trying to put something together, uh, you know, being upset about the Christmas parade being uh, canceled and, and jumping into action. I mean, she's obviously somebody that's going to try and do something. So good for her uh, doing that. And But what, what you and I were talking about was um, really reading a couple things on some different sites and whatever, people just asking a lot of questions versus – you know, how hard is it to just send, send a simple message to her personally and say, how can I help? Yeah. You just, know what I'm saying? I th- yeah. I mean, it, it, you and I are doer type people, but instead of sitting there and saying, well, what about this? Or what about that? And you sit there and you read 15 messages between you and her and somebody else, man, just send her a private message and say, hey, this sounds great. What can I do to help? Exactly. You I know mean, what I'm saying? I mean, what a waste of time just sitting there for hours, probably, like you said, poo-pooing on her idea versus reaching out to her yeah, privately and saying, phone number, exactly, here's my phone number, let's let's talk versus this versus it letting you know everybody read something or whatever just call her and and, and kind of step up and say what can I do to help that's definitely something we want to encourage on the podcast is to be more doers versus more talkers right so um anyway so good luck to miss Hopkins on that we hope that everything kind of comes together for you uh and we'll certainly do what we can here on the podcast to to, to be of service. Something else, Derek, they talked about at the Alderman meeting um, was moving forward with the mini-storage on 51 and uh, out at Renaissance Park, right yeah. down the corner right there, moving forward with those plans.
2: Right, just north of the Renaissance Park uh, at the corner of Highway 51 uh, South and West Oak Grove Road, there was a con- – the Planning Commission had uh, conditionally approved uh, a one-year time limit for conditional use uh, for the uh, mini storage now the engineer and the developer made a very good point I, I can't even get it built in a year so what the planning commission was wanting to do is to do it for a year to to grant the the conditional use to put a mini storage there and then after a year once it was finished being built then you know go ahead and, and maybe giving it out for 20 or 30 years after that based on you know the life, what they think the life of it is going to be. Well, the engineer and the developers said, look, I can't get a loan. A bank's not going to give me a loan if they're not assured that a mini storage is going to be allowed there a year from now. Sure. Uh, and so they pulled out when the mini storage on McInvale, right You know, on next to the interstate, when it was done back in 16, it was approved. It was approved with a 30-year uh, use permit for mini storage. Done. And so they were asking for that. They came back and back and forth. And what they agreed on was a 20-year so the alderman overrode the planning commission's approval okay. Okay. and increased it from one year to 20 years. The developer seemed happy, uh, and so that's they now have a 20-year uh, conditional permit, so that they will be able to have time to have it built, have it um, stabilized moving forward as a mini-storage at that location.
1: Does it seem like the uh, developer is having to jump through a little bit more hoops than maybe he should? Well, I was, mean, really now.
2: Yeah, it, it looked like that the planning director – did not research the 2016 conditional use for the other mini storage right and so he was going off of what typical guidelines are you have a year to get it built once it's stabilized then we'll you know then we'll give you you know i don't know of any time they'll say okay now tear that down we don't like it so it was just kind of a that's kind of a formality they've done on other projects so he just kind of went by what a normal course of action would be he didn't look at the the prior precedent that was set and so they just basically pulled the prior precedent say no it's right here and so all of them like yeah that's and so that wasn't a lot of discussion sure. but you know it was something that's a pretty big deal so you are looking at a mini storage coming there at least for the next 20 years at the corner of uh highway 51 south and West right and
1: I, road i think the developer owns multiple mini storages i think i um, I, I believe he's, he's done this before i believe he's going to put a nice mini storage there um i think it's going to be a nice project for the next 20 25 30 years um mini storages. uh there's several in town there's there's other ones all over DeSoto County. I mean, it is a a viable business and, and a strong business, and I think it'll be uh, very successful there. So, like I said, it seemed like he had to jump through a lot of a lot of hoops there. Um, something else, Derek, we you mentioned uh, earlier the the uh, mayor and and the board of aldermen uh, having Sunny Bryant Day on December first, 2020. Uh, we talked on the podcast on Tuesday about what happens there from a seat standpoint. Had a special meeting uh, last night. The the board of aldermen and the mayor had a special meeting last night and had some information that came out of uh, you actually actually learned that from the mayor. What did you learn last night about the meeting?
2: All right, so they met last night. They decided. We talked about they have ten days to validate the vacancy. And then after that ten days, they didn't have thirty days to set the date of the election, the special election for the ward one alderman. Well, last night they they met to set that date. However, the date was not set. Kenny Stockton, the city attorney, uh, needed to get some more data on the existing ward. Remember, this is still going to be done under the current ward. It's not you know, the redistricting will not take place for this election. It won't start. That won't start till um, January first for the April election. So uh, they're going to get some more data, and then Monday. So Monday, December 7th, they will set the date for the special election. It should be within 30 days, so you're probably looking the first week or two of January for the special election. So just kind of be looking out for that. Of course, we'll have that, what that date is, on our Tuesday podcast, Uh, but they did meet last night, and it will be announced on Monday.
1: You know, we had talked about it on Tuesday. Um, Like you said, whether it was a resignation or something, uh, this particular time, it was the uh, uh, passing of of Mr. Bryant, and and so the city moves forward with uh, his seat and how that gets field and everything like that so we'll keep you uh, updated um on tuesday uh, give you the date for all those different things coming up right after the holidays seems to be the time that it will be uh for that seat to be filled so that kind of wraps everything up for the hernando autumn meeting Uh, one of our favorite things to do is update people on that actually one of the most followed comments for most of the people I talked to about the podcast is about talking about the Hernando Alderman meeting. But just north of us, South Haven I had an Alderman meeting on Tuesday night as well. Had a few bullet points come out of that. So catch us up on those.
2: The first is that if we talked about the leisure district, about how setting up a, a area in South Haven where you can walk around with basically open containers, leaving one restaurant, walking to another restaurant, carrying your drink, uh, or whatever you may happen to have. And so that was discussed last time with the mayor. It was brought up during his mayor's report. Well, they have now taken the first step to making that happen at Silas Square, the Resolution for Ordinance for Creation of a Leisure District. Uh, was passed uh, on Tuesday night. The state law requires that at first you have to pass the resolution and then move forward with the actual you know, designation of the area by meets and bounds and that sort of thing. And so that, that will be coming in, in subs, uh, subsequent meetings. But right now, the resolution was passed for the first step. And again, this is only for Silo Square, only on the west side of Getwell. It will not be able to cross the bridge or not be able to take it over to the ball fields. That's where we are. And so I I think that's a great thing for the city. That's the first one, obviously, in the county, uh, and, you know, look forward to, you know, really just growing that area for entertainment and for uh, just shopping purposes.
1: I mean, I just, it's just a perfect, uh, I mean, very forward-thinking. It is uh, 2020. A lot of people, uh, you know, go to dinner and, and have a drink somewhere, and they want to walk down to another place, or they can, uh, you know, take it out onto the street with them and, and, you know, move on to another place. I love the idea, very forward-thinking of South Haven, and uh, just a great uh, plan, and, and look Looking forward to, uh, to to possibly enjoy the entertainment district.
2: The next was on the, uh, the agenda was the citizens' agenda. The mayor just kind of made it a point to say, um, and if anybody's listening in South Haven, uh, if you want to have a citizens' agenda, if you want to make citizen remarks, complain about something in the city, he's all for it. He wants to hear it. I mean, that's that's the way you make the city better. However, they're going to – now require you to register on friday uh at this point you could actually just come in on a tuesday night and just grab a microphone and start complaining about things now you are limited to three minutes uh, all the citizens are limited to three minute remarks but now they're going to ask you to be put on the agenda and this has been doing for a couple reasons number one there have been times in the past where things have gotten out of hand uh they've had multiple people come up about the same thing trying to you know extend their three minutes uh sometimes that they just got out of hand with a lot of you know yelling and shouting or the alderman the mayor didn't know what was being brought up so they only have three minutes and they can't have a conversation because they didn't have all the, the recommended information about that whatever the complaint was so just kind of formalizing it, which I've got no problem with. He's not at all trying to tamp down, not bringing issues. He's just saying, hey, if you have an issue, let us know what the issue is so we can have some information on it. So when you come here, maybe we could help you with it that night. Uh, and if not, then we'll you know, at least be uh, intelligent enough about it to have a conversation or ask the right questions to move forward after that.
1: You know, Derek, you're a married guy, as, as am I. This would be pretty fun. In the, this is what the way marriage should work right here. You you know what I'm saying? You should schedule them. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna fight on Tuesday. Yeah, but I need you to go ahead and sign up for it on Friday. Tell me what you're gonna. You got three minutes. (laughs) You've got three minutes. This this be he may be onto something here. This may be the way to go
0: right here. Say, look, hey, we're gonna
1: have a good weekend. Okay, I'm really upset about something, but we're gonna have a good weekend. But Tuesday, six o'clock. Go ahead and put it on the fridge. Friday, (laughs) go ahead and book. Here's what we're talking about. Write it down on Friday, and then Tuesday night, kids go to bed, then we'll talk about it. That maybe no. I may have just solved a, a lot minutes. of problems. Three right? minutes, you got three, you got minutes, three
2: per, minutes per issue. Three you got, minutes.
1: You can't do it on Monday night because there's Monday night football, right? So well, Tuesday two, yeah, night, six o'clock. Tuesday night. No, no, kids need to go to bed because it can get a uh, little. Yeah, nine o'clock. Yeah, it's so o'clock. yeah, so eight eight thirty. Let's have our Tuesday meeting, but you need to sign up on Friday. Yeah, so Mayor might. I, I like this plan. This like may it. be the, yeah. yeah um, so I do like the plan.
2: <laughs> yes, Yes. the citizens, whether it's marriage advice or whatever you have to give to the mayor, <laughs> or saying, yelling at what, the mayor. would make sense. Uh, again, you have to register by Friday for the Tuesday, the next Tuesday. So, of course, there'll be two Fridays uh, a month that you, you need to get it on the agenda. Uh, the next one, the mayor's report. That was the, the last thing I want to cover uh, for the South Haven auditor meeting. There's actually several things. I'm, a couple of them I'm just going to go through real quickly. Uh, there was an audit done. Uh, South Haven pays the retired city employees their health insurance. But in order to continue that, they had to have an audit done, so it was done. Uh, they had to put their deposits out for bid. Bank Core South was the low bidder at 0.15% for two years. Uh, there was only other one of the bank that bid on it, Bank Plus. But Bank Core South has the accounts now and currently we're able to keep them. Uh, the House of Grace uh, asked for some funding, but the two things uh, that I really want to talk about are, number one, is that the um, the city, we've talked about this, they did a bond issue based on the pennies for the parks, were able to borrow money to, you know, obviously do everything they've done out there to redo the baseball fields, and of course, one of the largest projects they've done recently is the soccer fields. Well, those soccer fields, I think it was about a four and a half, five million dollar project, those are already starting to to do what they're supposed to do, they're, they are they have scheduled their first two tournaments uh, their first tournament will be springfest weekend they already have 16 teams lined up for that tournament which is usually the I think it's the last the fourth weekend of April. Um, and then there's the one right after that or maybe two weeks after that on May 7th. I'm not quite sure what that fourth weekend date looks like. So uh, a week or two after that, another tournament already scheduled uh, at the South Haven, new South Haven complex that has yet to have the, the the formal ribbon cutting opening it up. So congratulations to South Haven to having that done, for having the, the, the penny for the parks, the foresight, uh, and the ability to to get that um, you know through the state, uh, have their citizens agree to it uh, and move forward and, and just, you know, Just look at Snowden Grove and everything. And, and again, their first two formal soccer tournaments to be held in the area will be this spring.
1: Love it. I mean, again, same thing with the entertainment district. Very uh, forward-looking. Great job by them going ahead and moving forward. I've said for the last ten years with my son playing soccer and just paying attention that I felt like uh, South Haven had kind of missed the boat a little bit, uh, not putting soccer fields out there close to Snowden. And I'll be darned if I looked over there off of Getwell, and there they are. And so they have the old soccer fields over on – State line that they can use that they can, you know, use for tournaments and stuff. And then you can, you have the brand new ones. So just a wonderful, I mean, you know, Derek, you and I have uh, sons that play soccer, and, and soccer is taken off in DeSoto County and definitely in the Mid South. And, and why should micros get everything? Right. Period and just a great job by South Haven to jump on this and and hopefully I, I would assume that my son will probably play at, at those fields for a number of years to come. Uh, so just great that's job. A lot
2: easier being South Haven 8 a.m. on a Sunday than Mike Rose. I,
1: I love it. I mean, just again, entertainment district soccer tournaments. South Haven is just doing a phenomenal job right now, uh, putting some things together and having some vision. Um, which again, pennies for the parks, all those type things. They put it together, made it happen, and that's how they're paying for all this stuff. So congratulations to them.
2: All right, the next thing, cemores entertainment uh southern lights uh, has started southern lights started uh, right before the thanksgiving weekend or right i guess uh, probably right after thanksgiving night or maybe thanksgiving night and it's going to go through december 30th that's of course in central park off of chulahoma in south haven just north of goodman road the mayor has mentioned they've already made three thousand dollars and again the city doesn't make it uh i want to clarify that all of the proceeds from the ten dollars a car donation go to charity so a different charity works the gate every night and that charity gets to keep all the proceeds from that night
1: the but, night we went was it was Thanksgiving night. It had some older gentlemen I wanna say maybe it was Rotary Club, Lions uh, Club, something like yeah. that. That's who it was. Um he did say ten dollars. I gave him a twenty and he didn't give me any change. So that might be the way that they're getting to that three thousand <laughs> No, was, I'm just, I'm kidding. He did, he did. He gave it back.
2: You, to me. You'd the bigger Tahoe. You might have thought it was, you know, that's a well, yeah, bus. That's yeah.
1: a bus. Well, no, I took one of my vans. Oh, we took, there yeah, you, we go. There to, you exactly. go. There they you go. Like, it's yeah, a van. He, he kind of looked in the back and saw a bunch of kids, and <laughs> and, and I said, oh, I'm gonna keep this twenty, but that may be the way to get to that three thousand dollars threshold there right there. Although the, the
2: mayor said, you know, last year at that. that for the Through the first weekend, it was $2,300 raised by charities. This year, 5300 So wow. $3,000 more. Just, and that's the first weekend. So, again, uh, they've changed out some of the exhibits. There are new exhibits this year. Some of the older ones just weren't lighting up like they used to. So they replaced those. As the city uh, the city parks placed those. So, again, if you have never seen it, please find it. Go up there at Central Park. If you have seen it, it doesn't matter because they have new stuff to see. Uh, I highly encourage you. And, again, it, you're in a car. Uh, you're socially distanced, and this, you know, a lot of parades are canceled. So please get out there. And, and, you know, if your kid's looking for something, this is a great thing to do for $10.
1: Do you think that might have had something to do with it? Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, absolutely. People are ready to get out of their house. Right. They're ready they, to get out of the house. They, um, no
2: parade. There's no South Haven, right? You know, formal parade, no Hernando, no Oliver. No cities having a parade. I can drive through this, see some beautiful lights. Oh, and I. Was here last year and I don't recognize that right. Th- oh, absolutely.
1: South Haven's, uh, you know, Mayor Muscle White's leading them in, a, in a very uh, solid direction, and, and Southern Lights is, is something uh, we, we we took our family uh, on Thanksgiving night and, and really enjoyed it. So try and get up there to um, the Central Park right off of Chillahoma. Uh Derek, reverse Christmas parade is the topic uh, again. Uh, you're kind of leading to that. So the South Haven is actually having their reverse Christmas parade. Tell us when it is uh,
2: and tell us who put it together. As we mentioned, the city of Sa- uh, Julie is trying to leave that, trying to get it done. South Haven already has theirs done. Theirs will be on December 12th. It'll be at the library parking lot that night. And so, you know, the mayor was encouraging people to come out. And this was done not by a citizen, but actually the Ward 2 alderman was the one that took it, took the bull by the horns and said about two meetings ago that he would interested in this and he'd read about it. That he was going to do the legwork on it, figure it out, and he got it done. It's uh, set December twelfth, and so if you want to go uh, to see uh, that part, so now you have a reverse parade up there. You have the center of the uh, Southern Lights up there. You can go see. If you don't know where the library is, the library is on Northwest Drive next to City Hall, uh, off of State Line Road, and so it like it, it's got a beautiful park behind that. I think it's called Socier Park. Built like it looks like saucer, but Socier Park uh, up there, and so you can kind of drive around, and they'll have the floats sitting in the parking lot and around the park, and you can just kind of drive through and see it and uh, so I'm sure it's going to be beautiful but that is going to be on December 12th so it's next Saturday night uh, if you're interested in doing that,
1: yeah, it might be a good time to go to the parade, enjoy that uh, the parade there in South Haven, and then maybe hit Southern Lights right after that. Just a thought. I mean, that's not a bad idea, right there. So that wraps up the South Haven Alderman meeting. Again, the entertainment district we discussed. The soccer tournament's already set in place. The Southern Lights, uh, you know, thing that's that's already raising ahead of things, and then the reverse Christmas parade that the uh, Alderman for War Two you said uh, again took the bull by the horns and said, "Hey, th- this we can't have a parade, but let me pick the ball up and run with it," and, uh, and he put it together. So good for him and and that's a good thing for uh, community spirit and uh, Christmas uh, joy uh, that he's definitely working on.
2: Located in South Haven, North Point Christian School is the oldest and largest Christ centered college preparatory school in Desoto County. They serve students in grades pre kindergarten through 12th grade. Would you like to know more about North Point? They're holding their next Preview the Point admissions event this Sunday, December 6th at 2 p.m. Again, it's this Sunday, December 6th at 2 p.m. Reserve your spot by calling Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon, 662-349-5127.
1: Podcast brought to you by William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves have begun to fall. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662 292 8855. That's 662 292 8855. Or look him up on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Something Richard told me the other day to, to mention real quick uh, Richard uh, Williams Services is providing light setup outside outdoor light setup i know it's getting a little bit closer to christmas time so time may be kind of kind of running out but uh william services is offering light setup so look him up on facebook if you're interested in him coming out giving you a price for taking uh for putting up and taking down your lights after christmas that's putting up and taking your lights down after christmas something they're offering for this christmas season see how it goes and see about some growth next year so uh definitely reach out to them uh as soon as you can Podcast brought to you by The Print House, located right behind Funderburk's Pharmacy in Hernando. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at The Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105, that's 662-298-3105, 662-298-3105, or Find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's theprinthousems.com.
2: We want to look at the state real quick. and We did the Hernando. We've done South Haven. Now we want to look quickly at some news from the state that affects all of us. Uh, the Secretary of State has launched their annual Check Your Charity campaign ahead of the giving season. Uh, this is a, a great resource that the, the Secretary of State offers through their website where you can go and if there's a, a somebody that has solicited money or trying to solicit money from you and you want to see if it's a legit charity, you can go to the website and be able to do that. So what you do is you can go to the, the Mississippi Secretary of State website, sos.ms.gov. So look for the Secretary of State, and that's that's the kind of the, the tagline behind it is sos.ms.gov. Go there, and then you want to click uh, on what they the charity search portal. There'll be a charity search portal on the website, and you want to do that to verify the charity is registered with the state. Uh, and so if you see it on there, now, again, there's several hundred pages uh, in that link. I went there today, and it is uh, or this morning, and it is... It is quite lengthy. Um, I was actually a member of a, of a couple of charities uh, here that I'm on the board, and wanted to make sure that ours were on there. And I think one of the ones that I'm on was on page 367. So just kind of go in there, take your time, trying to find it, but uh, you know, make sure that it's legit. And there's a couple other things that they wanted to make sure that we, as you know, people. Now Mississippi is the uh, number one rated state uh, per capita in giving. Uh, We have, I guess, the biggest heart. Uh, We we do give the most uh, per capita uh, to charities of any other state in the nation. But uh, we also want to make sure that the money is going to the right places. So, again, number one, check your charity. Uh, Make sure that you avoid pressure tactics. Nobody needs your money right then. Not saying that they don't need your money at all, but they don't need it exactly at that moment. Watch for similar names. So, again, when you're checking the charity, make sure that you got the, if it's an LLC instead of an Inc, or if it's an org instead of a .com, make sure you're checking those things correctly. Be wary of telephone calls. Uh, This is the, the biggest way that the scammers get you. You know, ask for the website. Again, once you get the website, make sure you look it up. Don't give anything, don't give any kind of, obviously, credit card or debit card information over the telephone. Verify any kind of mail solicitations. Uh, If you want to do that, make sure they hopefully have a phone number to call. And again, check the charity. And then last, always get receipts. Make sure that you have some kind of way to get a receipt, or they they should. Any reputable charity will offer receipt for that and tell you that it's 100% tax deductible. So, again, just some steps to take. This is a, a great time of year and the, and the time of year that most people like to give, like to reach out. But let's make sure that we're getting it to the correct people, to the right people that need it, not to people who are just trying to make a profit off of scamming you and, and others.
1: A nonprofit right here in Hernando that we don't have to look on the Secretary of State website for, The Optimist Club of Hernando. Putting on Cookies with Santa with the Hernando Parks and Recreation on December 6, 2020 at the Gale Center. So this coming Sunday, 2 to 5 at the Gale Center. Adult and kids 12 and up, $3. Free admission for kids under 12. So I'm pretty sure you're going to have Cookies with Santa, have an opportunity to do some crafts. Uh, some you know, You're know going to have cookies, cocoa, crafts, and, and also get a chance to, to meet Santa uh, in town for, I guess, that Sunday, uh, stopping by just to see the children and kind of see what they might be wanting for Christmas. So 2 to 5 at the Gale Center, Cookies with Santa this weekend.
2: Also going on, Hernando, is uh, next Friday – The 11th is the Sip and Cider. The Sip and Cider is a kind of a second open house that the the city of Hernando puts on uh, to give the last-minute shoppers a chance to get out and to go to get their last-minute shopping done as you get closer to Christmas. Uh, The boutiques in town, the gift shops, the Arts Council, they'll all be open that night. Uh, So they'll be next Friday night, December 11th, from 4 to 8 p.m., and so you can walk around, you can look to see what they have. Any They have some specials. I'm sure they'll have some kind of discounts going on that night. And also every location will offer some type of cider. And so you can go around and you can take a cup. And unlike, uh, you know, we don't need the leisure district for this because it's just cider. And so you take that, you can walk around sipping it uh, and hopefully getting those last minute deals. And again, main thing is those shop local. Make sure that you're shopping in Hernando, uh, in South Haven, wherever you live, in Olive Branch. And uh, to not, you know, don't jump on Amazon because it's quick and easy, but get out, enjoy it. But that's being put on by the Hernando Chamber. Again, next Friday, 4 to 8 p.m.
1: Again, just an awesome opportunity to get out and support local businesses. And, and I'm sure all the businesses around the square and up and down commerce will be uh, a part of that. Speaking of a local business, Podcast brought to you each and every Friday by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is, is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Reach out to them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram.
2: Now turning to sports, uh, we mentioned on the last podcast that we would uh, preview the basketball season, kind of catch you up to where we are with the basketball team so far through this point. We have not covered basketball, waiting for football to end. Uh, We took, of course, a Friday off, uh, but now this is the first Friday after football has ended, uh, and so we want to preview some of the local teams. Again, uh, the Reed Flanagan interview will follow this, so please, again, look for the notes if you want to find Reed. He'll uh, be up shortly. But right now we want to preview the basketball teams, and so what we're doing is uh, today we'll be looking at at the boys' basketball teams for the county and for North Point. And then on Tuesday, we'll be kind of catching everybody up on the girls' basketball team for the county teams and for North Point. Uh, we would usually like to start in Hernando. So the Hernando basketball team, boys basketball team, is currently sitting at 1-3. Now all the teams are 0-0 o o in district. Uh, the no-district games have started. So uh, we will catch that up in January when district starts. But right now Hernando is 1-3. Uh, Hernando plays in Region 6A-2. Uh, region 6A and then there's a, a 2. And so there will be three of the public school teams in 6A play in Region 1, uh, excuse me, 6A-1. Three of them play in two, and so Hernando's in two. They're one and three. They have one unreported Holly Springs score, so not sure what happened with that game. Could not find the information on it. The losses are Lake Cormorant, Ponatok, and Desoto Central. Their one win is to Oxford. Their next game is tonight at North Point at 6 p.m. The girls will play at six. The boys will play at 7:30. Uh, they are led by seniors Josh Williamson, excuse me, Josh Williams, and Kelvin Cartwright. So that's the Hernando Tigers. Uh, again, their next game tonight. At North Point, uh, boys will play at 7:30 p.m. Next team uh, is the Olive Branch. Olive Branch Kickers' are two and four on the season. They play in Region 6A1. Uh, their wins are against Lake Comerong and North Point. They beat North Point earlier uh, this week. Their losses Lake Colmarant, uh So they've played them twice, one one, lost one. Uh, Christian Brothers, Briarcrest, and then also lost to Houston High, Matt Houston High, coached by Mike Miller, uh, former NBA player Mike Miller. they got a very good team. Uh, they've got a guy there, 6'10", dunks about 15 to 20 times a game. Got another kid, I'm pretty sure, going to Texas. Just got a really good team. So uh, I think that they beat Olive Branch by about 30. Yeah, um, It was a pretty tough game. Anyway, so but again, they just beat North Point this week, uh, 55-52 early this week. They're led by Mo Moore and Terry Joyner. Momoa and Terry Joyner leading their conquistadors. The next team, Lake Colmorant. Lake Cormorant may have the best team right now in the county. They're 6-1. Yep. and one. Uh, They play in Region 5A1. Their wins, DeSoto Central, Hartfield Academy, Oxford, Olive Branch, Hernando, and South Haven. And their one loss, of course, was to uh, Olive Branch. As I said, we played them. they played them twice, one one loss, one. They're led by seniors uh, point guard Donovan Sanders and seniors uh, strong forward Marshall Odom. Their next game is at Horn Lake tonight. The South Haven Chargers, 1-3. They play in the region 6 A 2 along with Hernando. Losses to Lake Cormorant, North Point, and Bartlett. Their one win was to Soda Central. Their next game is at Fayette Ware tomorrow. At Fayette Ware, uh, they play tomorrow, Saturday. The next team, Horn Lake, 2-0. Had three scores, could not find. I'm not sure if that was due to COVID or or due to the fact that some reason it was not played. Uh, There were three other teams listed on their schedule, could not find it anywhere in past articles or on uh, any of the major websites like Max Prep. So not sure what happened with those games. If anybody knows what happens, the Horn Lake – a uh, record is if it's other than two and zero, please please correct us. Horn Lake plays in Region Six A Two. That's the third team with South Haven, Hernando. Uh, the two wins uh, are South Panola and Millington Central. The next game, of course, uh, is at uh, Lake Cormorant tonight. Uh, just mentioned that on Lake Cormorant. and so that should be a good county game there uh, down in the Delta. Next, Soda Central four and one. Their wins: Pillow Academy, Aberdeen, Hernando, and their one loss was to South Haven. They play in Region Six A One. Uh, along with uh, Olive Branch. Top players, Matthew Smith and Deontay Green. Their next game at North Point tomorrow. So North Point plays Hernando tonight, and then they'll play DeSoto Central tomorrow. Girls at 3 p.m. and the boys at 4.30 p.m. The next team, Center Hill Mustangs. Center Hill is 5-1. and one. So you have Lake Colmorant 6-1, Center Hill 5-1. They're both in Region 5A1. So top of the table are there. Their wins, Covington, Tennessee, Pontotoc, Holly Springs, Columbus, Their one loss is to ECS uh, out of Memphis. They're led by senior strong forward Zandon Harrelson and senior strong forward and also shooting guard Caden Laws. Their next game is Tuesday at Houston High School, so good luck there, fellas. Uh, That's going to be a tough game for y'all. And then the final public school uh, to mention is Lewisburg. Lewisburg is 3-2. They are the third team in the region 6A1 from DeSoto County. Their wins are Holly Springs, Coldwater and Strayhorn. Losses are South Panola and Bahelia. Their next game is tonight at Bahelia. So they're going to be trying to aven- avenge the 56-58 loss that they had back on November 10th. Trying to avenge one of those losses and you know, maybe get to 4-2 tonight. final team that we'll look at, of course, is North Point. Uh, the one private school uh, in DeSoto County. North Point currently sits at Two and one. Their wins are South Haven and Potts Camp. The one loss, of course, is early this week, 55-52 to Isle Branch. They're led by Chris Gillian and Darius Naylor. Darius Naylor, excuse me. Their next game, as I said, tonight at home versus Hernando, and North Point plays in District 2, AA. Catch your breath. (laughs) We are now caught up with the boys' basketball. Going forward, we will report scores, and, of course, uh, as Matt had mentioned on a previous podcast, that we'll be looking at outstanding players, players that are being recruited at a higher level, whether it be D2 or D1. Uh, We'll have those names. We'll talk about them as they progress through the season. But, again, just a great county, a lot of good basketball in DeSoto County. I look forward to covering it for the rest of the year. If you like what
1: you're hearing each and every week on Tuesdays and Fridays, Find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. Also on Instagram at UTW Podcast. On Instagram, UTW Podcast. And also on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Uh, Young people, if you enjoy Reed's interview and want to learn more stuff about the podcast, the most important thing, go and subscribe wherever you hear our voices right now, wherever you listen to this podcast, hit subscribe. So you'll know when we release a new show, uh, typically on Tuesday and Friday mornings. So we're going to talk basketball and sports and all these different things, but we really want to, um, we really want to focus on the young people of DeSoto County when it comes to sports and tell them, thank you for uh, competing. Thank you for going out there each and every Friday night for football and several times during the week for, for basketball and baseball. So we definitely want to say thank you to you, uh, Soto county athletes as you go out there each and every day and with that Derek, just a wonderful interview uh, I, I hope you enjoy it uh, i had an opportunity to sit down with reed a nice young man uh, something we learned last night you'll listen to the interview i asked reed a few questions about his future uh, one of the offers that Reed, and I, I don't mind saying this because it was on Facebook, but Reed received an offer from the University of Memphis last night. Uh, he talked about Division One opportunities and hoping that that comes his way. So uh, a little bit after our, our interview, he received that interview from, I'm sorry, he received an offer from the University of Memphis. Not saying he's going to go there, Derek, but that's certainly a good start. So congratulations to him
2: he won't offer anywhere i mean that's the only one he gets that's his decision whether he wants to go there or not but you know that may just be the first of many so i mean just a a great kid wonderful having him you know to cover in the county this year Uh, he was just the the crux of that offense and so couldn't be happier for him and for an opportunity like that so we're gonna go to reed now this is going to conclude our show for the day but please tune in tuesday where we're going to interview brian couch of team couch
0: reed want to thank you for coming in appreciate you uh visiting with us on the uh utw podcast uh how's it going going good going good you know staying busy with school and sports going back to baseball now now the football season's over sadly but uh yeah everything's going good
1: just the life of a typical senior i guess
0: yeah it's fun but i mean to grind
1: for those that don't know on the podcast uh, reed uh, was one of the uh, main parts of the Hernando Tigers' success this year Uh, the 2021 Hernando tigers went further in the playoffs uh, than any other hhs team in 20 years right
0: right that's right yeah I think exactly 2001 or something was right last time. exactly i think almost
1: 20 years since they've been to the playoffs but so we'll get to all the f- football talk we'll, we'll shoot the bull about some baseball stuff like that different different things but i'm going to ask you a couple of interesting questions to get started okay some things that you didn't think about uh so over the holidays my my wife showed me a picture of you and your little sister on the beach what's your favorite part of being a big brother
0: probably just to have somebody who looks up to you it really just helps helps me keep my head straight you know uh because I know she's always watching me and watching what I do you know she wants to take the same classes I take she's going to be around my friends and stuff so I just want to be a good example for her and uh, and I, I just like having somebody else to talk to in my family you know that's not a parent
1: Yeah. so even though she's a few years younger than you you guys still have a good relationship and, and have an opportunity to lean on each other I've got two siblings so I know how important that is so that's really neat my son is actually your little sister's age so did right. your parents tell you that after the first game what my son said no what did he say he, he, after the first game he asked me uh, how he can get a Reed Flanagan jersey, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, But anyway, hey, let's go back. Let's visit again. We're going to talk a little bit about some stuff uh, Hernando High School related. Uh, we'll get to the football again. Take me back to last March, playing baseball in the middle of baseball season. What was that like as a junior, obviously an important part of, of the team at that time. What was it like as a junior, obviously I'm talking about when things came to an end, playing baseball with some guys, playing baseball with some seniors that maybe
0: their their baseball career was over. What was that like? I mean, it was definitely um, tough for the seniors, especially. I mean, it was tough for all of us, but those guys have been working for that season their whole, their whole career, so um, just seeing that for them kind of come to an end out of nowhere was was just hard cuz I think we we were going to have a good season we started out 7 and 0 I think in our wow. first 7 games so yeah we were on a roll and just a have that taken away for them and some of those guys didn't even get a chance to play at the next level because of that I think yeah so um yeah it was just it was just tough for them
1: it's definitely a tough time for for you guys to to see that did it make you more uh, appreciative of you know and have got a senior season obviously your fingers are crossed and you're praying to have a senior season in both football and baseball so did it make you a little bit more appreciative you know to get your senior year
0: yeah it really did uh I mean it just kind of put it on perspective like this could I mean it could end anytime time you, sure. you're, you're not in control of it, so uh really, when we went back to football practice in June, I mean, you should have seen us all out there. We were all jumping around. I mean, it kind of changed the energy out there because we all we all knew it could come to an end any day, so. right?
1: So when you guys went back to football practice, got started and everything. When it was all said and done, all the talk all around the world and the scary stuff and school being shut down and stuff. Man, when it came down to it, you guys got back out there.
0: It was just time to play football, right? Yeah, when we were out there, I mean, nobody talked about anything in the outside world. We were just practicing. We were just acting like normal kids. I mean, if you would have been out there, it would have been the same as any other year. You know, you wouldn't have even known that COVID was happening. Right.
1: And probably maybe a little bit more appreciated, like I was saying, to be back out there. Yeah, for sure. So let's visit a little bit about this season. Let's go. Uh, Hernando finished with a 7-5 record. Uh, finished with a 7-5 record, but, f- but physically played 10 games. Right. So you had an opportunity to play 10 games this year. Just have a couple of stats here. Finished with 72 receptions, right at 1,115 yards, and nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So just an awesome season right there. Tell me a little bit about the relationship between you and your quarterback. What was uh, Zach Wilkie obviously had a phenomenal year himself. Yeah, he did. What,
0: what was that relationship or that relationship like, you know, on the field, especially first of all, we, I mean, we go back before any of this was a thing. I mean, me and him were friends before he was a quarterback, before I was a receiver. We were, I mean, we've been best friends since my freshman year. I feel like that's helped because we've always been close, but on the field, I mean, it's just reps really. I mean, at practice every day. He knows the type of routes I run and I know what type of ball he throws. So he knows where to put it and I know where he's going to put it. So it's just kind of a connection that we'll always have. I mean, I'm just, so thankful that he's my quarterback because I couldn't do it without him.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, as, as good a year as you had, you know, every every stat that you had was was his stat as well. Right, right. I think he took every snap. Uh, well, I'll take that back until the jumbo packages, he took he took all the snaps. Mm-hmm. So when it came to more passing downs and stuff, go back to me on this. So as a receiver, hopefully there's parents listening. Hopefully there's other people kind of listening uh, right now that might not know you kind of stay out of the huddle a lot of times. You're kind of you're off in the left or the right. You're out wide, and when you when you guys look to the sideline, are you looking at a
0: typically a particular coach, a particular person, and are they telling you what route to maybe run? Some some games it'll switch just to throw the other team off yeah, just of in course. case they pick up on something. But uh, we'll have probably have two coaches that we're looking at the whole time. One coach will give us a signal for – like the formation we're supposed to be in, whether sure. it's like trips or right. two by two, and the other coach will tell us the route. You're looking at certain things
1: on the sidelines, telling you what to do. Right now, do your other receivers are they looking at a different
0: person? All the receivers receivers are look at the same person. Okay, person. we all four. It's just like a, a route combo. Like right. We're all four running.
1: Right. Different running. trees. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. So when Zach comes to the line, does he? So when he looks over the sideline, the coaches are doing kind of you know the job for him from a, a looking at the defense and saying, "Art, right, we're going to run this" type thing, or is he looking over there and there's are they giving him more of a signal for
0: maybe what is working or maybe who may be open or something yeah they'll they'll give him an idea of where he's supposed to look first right like at practice and stuff we, we go through like sure. his progressions and stuff but there are many plays where he's he's making the decision himself he's looking pre-play he's looking at the defensive end right. outside linebacker safety and he's gonna read that and see you know who he wants to throw it to and he'll make that decision mid-play which, right. is, which is which impressive.
1: Is, early in the season, played some defense early in the season, but didn't play a ton towards the end, right? Right. But played some in the early in the season, mm-hmm. and then on on the jumbo package, which I was talking about when uh Sean, right, right, when Sean Wade number fifteen would come in, and and typically on more power runs and stuff like that, you have an opportunity to block. Tell me about that. Do you like blocking, or it's like I, it's a necessary type thing?
0: I, I do like blocking, right. and I know uh with my body and my type of play, I'm going to have to block. I mean, obviously, my favorite part's catching the ball. Sure. But yeah. But blocking, yeah, it's a big part of the game and I knew for us to win we we had to have that for formation in many of those games so uh yeah that was just huge for our team just to have me blocking and our sniffer and our other tight end blocking so yeah
1: I played tight end as well I did I didn't go out wide nearly as much as you did uh but played tight end and and by the middle of the game you were just kind of used to it I don't know earlier in your career uh you weren't out as wide as much right you played more right with your hand down a mm-hmm. lot did you I don't know about you but like halfway through the game I would sometimes get to even know the guy across from me we were just used to seeing each other so much you know yeah you know I mean you're blocking them over and over and over again
0: I mean there's always talk back and forth whether it's the cornerback who's guarding me or you know the defensive end I'm having to block down on and and some some of it's good some of it's bad but you know, it really just depends on the person. But, yeah.
1: So, tell me about a little bit about that. So, you started being out wide more junior, senior year for sure. But right. Definitely yeah. senior ton. Again, probably thrown to well over 100 or close to 100 times. Caught mm-hmm. 72 balls. So, just a, a workhorse uh, for sure. Trash talking. Man, isn't yeah. that, wasn't it a lot of fun?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's part of the game. I, I, I love it. For me personally, I kind of feel like if the other dudes trash talking and we're trash talking back and forth, I feel like my game elevates to an extent. So uh yeah, it's it's fun out there. I love I it. Get, love all yeah. That. Gets you a little bit more fired up and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And when it's
1: all said and done, and I saw most of your games, there's no doubt by the end of the game your play talk, you know, spoke for itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those guys they might have you they might not respect you early on, but towards the end it was when they were shaking hands, I don't even know if y'all were allowed to shake hands, but no, if y'all were if, if if y'all were towards the end of the game, there's no doubt they were definitely uh they they had quieted down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the game, you know, we all kind of – we shake hands. And we'll we, – you'll shake hands with the dude Garden. you. We, we sure. weren't allowed to go through the – Right, exactly. to the line because of COVID. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll shake hands. And it's kind of a mutual respect between one another. So Yeah.
1: One of my favorite plays of the season, first game with Sal Panola, kind of catching a simple slant and, and just gone yeah when did you know when did you know i mean you just said hey go go to the pylon and just run <laughs> run as fast as i can yeah and uh just pulled away from him turning
0: which was which was awesome yeah it was uh i mean we had run that play i think one other time that game and i, I got grabbed by the ankles it was like a 30 yard catch but i grabbed the ankles and i was i was so mad because i knew i, I knew i could have gone all the way sure. if i broke that tackle and we ran it again it was trips to the opposite side of me so i yep. was a single receiver on the left side yep and we ran the slant and uh Two guys kind of dove at the same time in my legs and I just kind of hopped over them and just took off. Just gone.
1: Yeah. Talk about the, a little bit of uh, a lot of times the, the fade patterns that Zach would throw to you. I mean, are those, again, those were called or they told you what to run and then Zach had to decide what to do but so many times that became such a big play sometimes I mean there were a couple interceptions but a lot of times if he put the ball where it was supposed to be it was you were going up going up for it and, and it was a jump
0: ball a lot of times right right yeah that was that was an awesome play that we ran all year and uh it's actually funny the Tupelo touchdown that put us up with like six minutes to go in the game, I think right, yeah. that play was not called. Zach looked over to me and gave me a signal that we had had back my sure. sophomore year, yeah. And uh, and only me and him knew what that meant. That wasn't a signal anymore. So it, and his, he just he didn't look anywhere else. He just threw it up to me. It just so. went
1: and, and it worked. And yeah, the coach looked like a genius.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Beat Tupelo for the first yeah. time. So it that's, wouldn't have worked. It would have been we probably uh, yeah, got it, chewed it, out. But yeah, he'd yeah, it have been like,
0: who, who called that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So just an amazing season. Had a really good uh, time watching you guys again, uh, cheering Hernando on, and not quite able to. to go go where we as far as we'd we'd want to and everything like that tell me a little bit about and they'll be playing this weekend for the state championship down in in Jackson uh you played Oxford twice you've played Oxford more than anybody else uh, on the Mm -hmm. season tell us a little bit about them what they what do you feel like they do well and and if they do win the state title I mean you know there's worse teams to lose to right so tell me a little bit about Oxford
0: Oxford they're a good team they're very well coached they're kind of scrappy on both sides of the ball their offense I mean they don't really have too much standout guys, but they're running back solid. Yeah. They're all three of their receivers that they throw to are very solid and their quarterback is solid, even though they have two of them and which will swap in and out, but they're both they're both solid guys. I think they're both seniors. Their defense is a. Is, uh, it's probably their best part of their team, I think. But yeah, they're a really good team, and I, I think they're going to beat O'Grove if I yeah. Had pick.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll update you uh, on that the show. Of course, we'll definitely update that. And plus, their kicking game's pretty good. Oh yeah, very <laughs> I good. Mean, yeah. You know, guy comes out, gets four, five, six field goals. What seems like you know a, a game from inside the forty. It, it feels good. And you actually something you and I have in common. I'm, I'm going to blow your mind real quick. Are you ready? Yeah. So you and I both held on the PATs. Really? How yeah. long did you hold? I mean, uh, sophomore,
0: junior, senior? Or? Last year, Zach did it. Okay. The quarterback, just one. yeah I just did it this year I I did it towards the end last year a little bit but Zach Zach wasn't the best at it I don't know I just kind of I just kind of stepped in and (laughs) did it Zach wasn't
1: the best I love it yeah Yeah, he took that job over yeah yeah and so like I said I'm gonna blow your mind real quick and and if if someone's not enjoying the podcast they can just start their own podcast so quick story uh sophomore year for me I was a holder so it would have been spring uh fall of 93 which ages me right there tells you so Franklinton where I'm from Franklin High School comes up we play Tylertown Mississippi which is just in you know south like close to Macomb, Columbia, Brookhaven, that area, and we're playing the Tylertown Chiefs, second game of the year. We march right down the field, the first drive, perfect drive. You know, we run our guy right, we catch a couple of passes, boom, 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 perfect. We line up for the extra point. It was the best kick of the year by far, straight down the middle. He kicked it probably 40 yards straight to the upright. We stand up, do our little clap, bang our heads. We turn around. The referee said the ball was too high. <laughs> Hey, so podcast listeners, you should have seen Reed's face when I said too high right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he definitely does not understand that. So you tell me how a kick was too high. I have no idea. It's I've impossible. Never heard that. It's yeah. impossible. Older guy he was probably 80 years old. So th- we had three coaches get kicked out. We definitely lost the game. But it was it totally changed the game because for the yeah, whole for rest sure. of the game, we're sitting there talking about a kick being too high. So it right. was the best kick of the year. Extra point, perfect, and totally changed the game. So anyway, it's kinda, I told you I was going to blow your mind a little bit. Hey, go back to your, was it your freshman or sophomore year, first football game of jv season Mm
0: -hmm. acl uh yeah that was my that was my freshman freshman year yeah Yeah, uh second game of the season yeah i I tore my acl i ran a route i think i think i actually did like catch i had the ball in that play right and i just like made a cut and a dude hit my my left knee and it kind of
1: just I don't know. Tell me about that injury. Did that injury make you? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it did. Made you a better player because it probably taught you. You know, because you had to, you had nothing but seven, eight months of rehab, right? Working out, getting stronger, that type of stuff. Tell me about that injury and, and coming back from that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that injury. I mean, it, it was a it was a bad injury, um, but I definitely think it it helped me for as a player and a person because um, it just showed me like if that's the worst injury that can happen to me, I mean, I can get I can get through anything. But physically, I, I think it changed it changed my body it changed it changed my speed it made me faster because every single day i would have to do jump rope and i would have to go to the gym and ride on a bike so right. um I, it just made me faster and stronger and actually a funny thing is whenever i was getting cleared i think it was that january after i was uh i was good on my left leg my, my hurt leg was okay right and the only leg that had to get stronger was my my right leg so I had to work to get that one stronger too, so it was just kind of a funny situation. But, yeah, it definitely made me a better player. Yeah, my cousin
1: in high school uh, tore her ACL in both her left and right knee. Wow. And In separate years, but it made her, by her senior year, she was as driven and she was as strong as she could be in both legs because that, that's what she did. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she only knew to come back. So that's interesting that it was you know made you a better player uh, and so forth. Switching from football to baseball now, uh, you've played baseball uh, for, I mean, goodness gracious, since you yeah, were a kid, of course, whole life, yeah. your whole life and stuff. So a little bit about baseball, Hernando's got a really good team, like you said last year uh, in March things were going very well um and, and what's the team looking like this year as far as uh, junior senior led or is it younger? I mean what's it look like this year
0: we're gonna be we're gonna have a good team hitting wise the only the only part where we might lack is pitching right we're gonna have uh we're gonna have to have some guys step up who are younger, but we are gonna have some younger guys in the starting lineup I think I mean right. we're gonna have two or three freshmen I could see right now starting they're gonna have to step up and you know play to the varsity level which sure. would be huge and it really determine how what kind of a season we're going to have we can uh, make some noise hit the ball as well as anybody right it's going to see what, what
1: what are we going to do fielding and that type mm-hmm. of stuff and like you said pitching is tough you can score some runs but if you, can, if you can't you know keep somebody from scoring right along with you yeah uh that's going to be interesting so we'll be we'll, we're going to start to update baseball and stuff obviously when that stuff starts to come so we'll be looking for that all right so circle back with me on now uh you finished your high school career what is recruiting been like in the COVID era yeah. you know we we had talked about that Can't visit a lot of campuses zoom calls those type things what has that been like
0: yeah well i mean it's a crazy time and uh a lot of us seniors you know i, I don't want to say unlucky but we did we did kind of get messed up because all of this because now we're not allowed to go to a d1 school and visit it until april so wow. so we can't so all all this, all this is it time april? right why now why is it april just because of COVID, and they just canceled it until April. April, okay. Yeah, I know it's, it's random, but uh,
1: now when they, you say D one, other schools you're able to maybe
0: see. Yeah, I, I think I think like some community colleges, their rules are different. Okay. So um, yeah, it's just it's just real unfortunate because a lot of the a lot of those schools in any school, whether it's JUCO or D one, all their guys get another year of eligibility. Yeah. So it's basically like sure. adding on to their class. I, I don't know if they're not going to sign as much people, or you know. It's just it just is what it is.
1: It might have been pretty interesting to take, uh, you know, those schools that they're allowing someone to stay to take them from an eighty-five to a ninety or eighty-five to a ninety-five scholarship. But again, a scholarship costs money, right? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. a scholarship costs money. So it's a very interesting time. So wow, I didn't realize it was April until April. You can't necessarily go on campus yeah. and do that. Is that just for athletes or is that kind of anybody? I'm assuming
0: that's for anybody because I don't think they can come here. I don't think we can go there. It's just yeah.
1: So, are, do you? I mean, is it more of a text type uh, game now? Do you text with coaches? Or- yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Actually, uh, I've been on Facetime calls with some coaches just to just so they can see me in person, just sure. to have a you know that face to face connection and conversation. But yeah, to right. Zoom and text and facetime that's a, that's, all I mean, that's,
1: that's definitely a different uh, thing than, than it used to be you know mm-hmm. now but you got to get smarter else you kind of get left behind so right. that's pretty neat so how do you guys put together like the you know like the huddle videos and stuff like that does someone do that for you or is that something y'all you know you and your parents work on or how's that
0: work yeah okay so the coaches um usually that saturday after the game they'll send us the whole game film right and, and they won't go through it i mean they go through it on their own just of looking course. at the plays but but they'll uh they'll just send it to us and we have to go through it ourselves out which plays we want to highlight, which angle, um, and we got to circle ourselves and trim trim the video down just to.
1: So you do kind of have to become your own agent, right? Yeah, se, we, and, yeah, we do and, it all on stuff our own. like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you say watching from a watching film standpoint, we
1: would we would play on Friday nights and on Saturday morning about seven thirty, we were there watching film. Do y'all do that, or
0: we actually do it uh, Sunday at three? Okay, every, every so week.
1: every weekend, y'all are getting together and the coaches kind of break some stuff down, everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, another quick story: uh, one time I did not. Downset hut, I did not get out of my stance. And my guy ran right around and destroyed our quarterback <laughs> <laughs> and just killed him. My coach ran that back probably five times just so everybody could watch. <laughs> yeah, and they said, like, Crane, yeah, he was happens. like, Crane, well, here we go. You didn't move. What did yeah. you, what didn't you do here? And my quarterback got destroyed and he was a friend of mine. So just a, a long story. And then come to find out my senior year, our quarterback did not have, uh, he couldn't see. He needed contacts. Really? Yeah, we didn't figure it out. That's crazy. <laughs> he needed contacts, so he couldn't even. He could barely see anything to do, and he was our quarterback the whole time. Wow. So, so, um, so, t- talk to me real quick. What does what does the future look like for you? What are you What are you hoping? What are you What are you wanting uh, over the next five to six months? Or where does Reed Flanagan see himself a year or two from now?
0: All right. Well, um, I actually have uh, some D one like schools talking to me. Great. I'm not really. I can't really go like sure. into no, detail no, right course. now, yeah, just b- just because of certain things. But yeah, um, yeah uh, I'll be playing D1 football for sure at the next level. I think
1: that's absolutely. But that's that's your goal. That's what
0: you want yeah, to do. My goal. That's where- and, and some schools have asked me if I wanted to play baseball too. And I mean, I probably could if if I really if I really wanted to. And depending on how the season goes, but um, I think probably I'll just stick to just football only in college.
1: Right. Do you feel like you kind of had a shift at a certain point in high school to say, man, I really like – I mean, football just kind of became and started to grab you and say, I think
0: this is what I really want to do. Yeah, football really came to me, honestly. I mean, I've always been a real big baseball guy, and I've never really had a true favorite. Right. But um, it's not like I like football more than baseball even now. It's just – it's just how, you know, how it's all played out. Well, man, you know, just a, a great story,
1: a great season. Uh, again, like I mentioned in the first of the podcasts, I, I've known you and your family for a number of years and watched you grow up from, from a middle schooler to a high schooler and somebody, uh, like I joked about earlier, that my, my son uh, might look up to. So we appreciate you coming in and visiting with us. So something I do real quick, and then we'll wrap it up, uh, we'll, we'll fi- finish things up, because listeners, if you, can, if you can picture a senior guy uh, interviewing in a room, uh, he, he's pretty, he seems kind of eager to Get, get done and be done with this. I nah, know so, nah, 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 I'm joking. On my, on Wednesday nights when I work with our youth group at our church, I always ask them 10 questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just kind of random questions and stuff like that. And I always joke with people. It's the, it's the only time the kids are all quiet because they're interested in what the kids are going to say. So we're going to do something like that in a little bit of a different way or right here on the podcast. Okay. Right. So Thank real you. simple.
0: It's nothing hard. Your full name. David Reed Flanagan.
1: Okay, so, so David's first, and then they give you, okay, gotcha. Right.
0: Where were you born? I was born in Starkville, Mississippi. Okay, I have to apologize for that. <laughs> favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Okay, yeah, light boring. blue, dark blue? Uh, I lean towards light blue, probably. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Favorite snack food? Snack food. I like sour cream and onion chips. Okay, favorite movie? Favorite movie, Sandlot, easy. I love Sandlot.
1: Wow. Okay. Good deal, Another baseball movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Favorite place to eat. I'm gonna have to go with Huey's. Okay. Huey's. Yeah. What do you like at Huey's? I like uh, just the original Huey burger. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like the Senor Huey. Doesn't it have like a pepper jack cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had that jalapeno one that or something good. like that. All right. So all right. So I just said that. Favorite place to eat. Favorite food in general.
0: Favorite food in general. Um, a burger. Yeah.
1: A burger. Cheeseburger. Tell me uh, this this time of year. Tell me what's your favorite holiday food. Holiday food.
0: I actually just got done uh, eating dressing. So yeah, dressing. There you go. good old dressing and cranberry
1: sauce. Cranberry sauce. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Uh-huh. What would? Okay, here's a tough one. Not tough. What would
0: senior read tell eighth
1: grade read? Wow, that's a
0: <laughs> that's a good one. Golly, I just tell them just just to keep grinding. You know, it's all gonna work out for you. And like, no matter what happens, just just keep pushing through it and just keep following your dreams because if you work hard enough, you can do anything you want.
1: Absolutely. That's a, definitely – that's a good advice for any any kid, for sure. Last thing, where do you see yourself in 10 years?
0: God, 10 years. <laughs> I mean, hopefully catching balls in the NFL. But oh, yeah. yeah. I hope to have a family, you know, uh, have some kids. Yeah, just – have a happy family. That's it. that's it. Just have a happy
1: life, man. Yeah. Just be successful in ten years or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, man, I appreciate you coming in and visiting with us. Uh, uh, if your um, first eighteen years or, mm-hmm. or, or anything like your next eighteen, uh, we're going to be very. Uh, we look forward to paying attention and watching. And, and I know Hernando and I know the podcast. And uh, Derek's not with us uh, right now, but if he was, uh, we would definitely talk about how how much we enjoyed watching you on the field. Look forward I appreciate to baseball it. I appreciate and it. and just. Congratulations on a, on a heck of a good season, and we'll be pulling hard for you in the years to come. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl.